Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I only did one episode last week, and I'm very sorry. The show is literally weekly, but most of the time it's a week. Sometimes I live stream Twitter at The Flans to find out when. Thank you, thank you for listening. I shot through a cannon recording this, and I didn't know how I would feel, but now I know how I feel, which is shot through a cannon. Uh, yeah, my name is Nick. Uh, this is Nick Flanagan Weekly. If you've never listened before, sometimes it's solo with me yammering and yawing, telling you, telling you about uh, mental health and my life and what I think of current events. Then other times I bring other people into the mix and we have chats. I've talked to Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall. Um, other people, equally as important, Chris Locke, Mark Little, uh, Aisha Brown. Those are all comedians. Zoe Dodd from Overdose Prevention Society. Lots of different people. You can listen to them in the backlog. But today, my guest is, yes, another comedian. Great comedian. Funny. Uh, I don't... I always hate saying new. She's She hasn't been doing comedy for super long compared to... How long I've been doing it, which is way too long. And she's just really funny, and she's on a tour right now in the western edges of Canada. Her name is Cassie Cow. And uh, uh, she's she's really funny. She's got a great uh, attitude, presence, and she's smart as a whip. So uh, I guess if you have a math problem, you should uh, talk to a whip. Because whips are, are smart. I guess that saying has more to do with that they cause you to smart, your skin to smart if struck. She is so would sting your skin if you were to come in contact with her smarts. I hope you enjoy this episode. It was really a treat and, and fun to do, and I'd love to have Cassie back and just talk about issues and stuff, because as always with these episodes, it really just feels like we scratch the surface of things. And we were talking for like an hour and a half uh shout out to andy lloyd for producing it thank you andy andrew um professional name andrew i call him andy he's playing at the transac june 6th uh in toronto if you're in town where i will be playing on uh may 29th with beast music and this sunday june 2nd with al senior Uh, yeah baby and you can also hear this podcast on alexa and uh on Pandora now. So we've made it. We're in the big times. But that's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about Cassie Cow. You want to find out more about Cassie Cow, go on her website. We'll, we'll link it in the show notes. And for now, just enjoy our chat. Uh, thank you. Okay, we're good. Okay. Ba-ba-ba-bo-ba. Uh, Blue screen of drought. I don't know what's about to happen. I'm excited. Oh, the podcast isn't about anything. Okay. You have to know that. Okay, great. Um, what is it doing? This is bad. What it started doing here. You can just look at that, but you don't really want to see that the whole time, do you? You might be listening right now, but what you should know is that 
Cassie is here. Hi. Hi. Hello. So, okay. I don't even know how to start this because I like to do an intro like pre-recorded, you know? Oh. But I feel like if I don't introduce you, we won't, we'll, we'll just jump around, you know? But I don't know what How's we're doing. How's it pains? There's nothing <laughs> to... We will find out what oh, we're doing okay. as it goes along. Cool. Well, I'm you also know. happy to chat. There yeah. will be show and tell at the end. Oh. But this is not like a character podcast. I know you've done okay. some of these character podcasts. Yes. You are not required to do any character. Good. If you want to do a character, you can. I don't want to. I find them very exhausting. Mm-hmm. I'm very flattered to be asked to do them because I don't really have a character like background that's not really what i do mm-hmm. uh but typically i just uh typically i just like am me and mm-hmm. then i'll just introduce myself with a different name <laughs> right and uh i think i sort of do the same thing um so i'm just gonna quit this logic program unfortunately we're gonna have to do this from quick to, by a quick time okay it's fine okay it's fine <laughs> i have a lot of this is why I'm getting my RAM up. I see. $90. Best $90 of my life, probably. These are nice microphones. And they've got the little spit the spit thing. Yeah, when I got the the pop guards or whatever, uh, that was when I really felt like I'd started my path towards a, right. uh, you know, a podcast of, of note. I'm doing a bunch of podcasts out in Vancouver as well. Oh, yeah. You got on the Stop Podcasting Yourself podcast. No, but oh. I want to. I talked yeah. to Graham about it, and he was like, let's find a time. And then he never Found responded. Well, I would like to. I haven't even been out to Vancouver, but I'd like to do that podcast. I'd like to. What Look, what are the podcasts I should link up with in Toronto? I, I'm out of the loop here. In Toronto? Yeah. I don't know them either. I just do them when people ask me. I don't, like, seek them out. But um, I do, I really like Chris Locke's podcast. I've done that. Are we still recording? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. I really want to do that one. It's fantastic, I think. And uh, recently I just did one. So you'll listen to Chris, but you won't check out Nick Flying a Weekly. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I listened <laughs> Someone to... you just met <laughs> six months ago, roughly. Uh, to you, context Without any context. What are we doing? Hadn't been around Toronto for years, and you were like, who is, what is this guy? You thought I was, no, not at you all. thought I was a 20 something. What? You, what? <laughs> no, when you asked me to do the podcast, then I was like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen to it so that I can be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I also did not listen to My Gorgeous Son before I did it, and yeah. I did not know that it was going to be a character. Actually, podcast. neither, neither did I, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's like, and part of that is because, when I find out something is like a character podcast, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, that's for, you know, the, mm-hmm. the people who want mm-hmm. that, like a character mm-hmm. podcast, which Agreed. I am, I'm not really, I don't even know what my podcast, uh, like, list is in terms of what I like. For a while, it was these ones where, like, you know, white comedians would <laughs> talk to other comedians and sort of be like... Yeah, I know you from doing comedy in that famous comedy club that we we go to, and now and then like after that, I was like, I am sick of everyone's personality. But I like hearing people's origin stories. I think everyone likes. I like that like too. the voyeurship of it, of seeing like how people came up and what people are like, and whether or not like, even if you're famous and whatever, are you maybe like 
a dork. You know what I mean? I like that too. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, at some point when I was listening to those, I started thinking, well, I don't really know if anything people are saying is true. I just was like, <laughs> this is showbiz, baby. No, I think it's actually very difficult to lie for over an hour when there's no camera in your face. A lot of people have lied on WTF. Really? Oh, yeah. The what guy, did they say? Steve Ranazizi told his, uh, I was in the 9-11 story mm. on, on WTF. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Louis C.K. specifically talked about his no. thing or was but, asked but about his thing. But he denied it. Like, I don't remember exactly where, if it was on the podcast or not, but I've heard him he didn't, Yeah, and it, it certainly wasn't addressed, which is not the same. And then there was, you know, he had, uh, what's his name? Phoenix. Not Phoenix. uh Affleck, Casey Affleck on, and oh, you know, they didn't go into that thing, you know. I don't listen to Mark Maron very much, yeah. I mean, I'm only talking about Mark Maron, and then Pete Holmes, you know, it, I like his podcast, yeah, that's cool, that's not good. anymore. Not so well, much. yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I listen to like every episode, and then I was like, wait a minute, I'm debating, I'm devoting three hours, yeah, of my time, yeah, to listen to two people like talk about it. Uh, like spirituality based on a book they just read mm-hmm. and their reaction to it, which is cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's just like I had enough, you know? Well, I just mean like since he's gotten so famous and busy and like had a baby and all that stuff, I feel he had like. had a baby? I think so. Did he not have a baby? I don't know. I think so. I'm out of the loop on Pete Holmes. He got married. I know he got married. I thought he had a baby. I might be wrong. I haven't been listening to his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but did you watch Crashing? I did. I watched the first two seasons. And what'd you think? Uh, I liked season one a lot. I especially really liked the episode where they're barking. Did you ever bark? I have. I ever barked? I think I have. Like very half-assedly. I'm terrible at it. Did you bark at the Corner Comedy Club in Toronto? No, do you do I, a lot of comedy at the Corner Comedy Club? I would like to, to be honest. I don't have a problem with the co- Corner Comedy Club. I think that they don't like me. <laughs> Why? Let's go out there sometime and do comedy at it. I mean, I so I from what I understand, it's like run by independent producers now, so I'm sure I could book the weekday show. Oh, no. I just Everything's knocked down fine. your spit card. How it's not a spit. It's home? a pop. I prefer the term spot pop screen. I mean, I don't think you're spitting on it. Obviously... You can see I spat on mine. Is it supposed to? You're good. You're good. Yeah? Just, just... Oh, it's good? Yeah, okay. you're great. Um, but the weekend shows are booked by Joe, and I don't think Joe likes me. But I think nobody thinks Joe likes them. Yeah, it's fine. Don't don't worry. You should do... Do you Are you dying to do the clubs? Um, You know what? I'm <laughs> Honestly, I'm dying to do paid work is really right. what I'm dying let's for. Get, let's get started with it. So, okay, your name is Cassie, My correct? Is Cassie. Cassie, C-A-O, that's pronounced cow. Yeah. That's very alliterative, isn't it? Very alliterative. I hated my last name when I was little. Yeah. But now I realize it's a very good stage name. It's like a superhero name a little bit. Yeah, alliterative. You see, are you a comic book fan? You're talking about origin stories, superhero names? No. (laughs) (laughs) I just like... Do you want me to recommend you some comic books? I mean, is it <laughs> Watchmen? Is it rude for me to say no. On Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> I've seen the movie Watchmen. I never saw that movie. It was okay. Naked blue guy, right? I like don't remember a lot of details of it. Yeah, I don't. I feel this is my problem is I find that all of these superhero movies I've seen a handful of them. They're all not memorable like i just don't remember the plots of any of them yeah but watchmen is a different type of superhero movie because it's like a dc one and it's sort of when it came out 
everybody was basically like, like the comic came out, everyone was like, this is the first Pulitzer Prize deserving comic. Like it was viewed in this hallowed earth, whereas like the other superhero movies, I know what you're talking about. Like they're all, I feel like those are all not memorable in like the same way. Yes. Where you're kind of like, oh, I feel like somebody almost died or died. (laughs) And there were robots and it was day and there was a fight in a city. Yeah. You know? I don't know the difference between most of them anymore. But Watchmen, I mean, to be fair, I watched it so long ago. It was like almost 10 years ago that I came out. They're going to go back and they're going to change the name of the first Avengers to Avengers Begin Game. Because... (laughs) Thank you. Oh, I like that. I just know enough pop culture (laughs) to like really catch them. Well, yeah, I really think the thing that makes it for me is that it's like kind of clear that i know like only slightly more than whoever is <laughs> fool enough to laugh at the thing. i i also like to think that i produce laughter that is uh sort of multi-layered there's pity in there right. there's a uh, childlike joy there's <laughs> some sort of uh lizard brain pun receive right. uh yeah. which, which often results in anger To be fair, I like the laugh that takes a second when you're like, this person's connecting the dots. You're my audience. You're my audience. Yeah. Oh my God. Remember that fun show we did the other week? It was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. We played the show, one of these Transact shows that if you're a loyal listener to the podcast, so you're not someone who's just listening because they like Cassie, and believe me, I've seen some of these thirsty reply <laughs> comments that you guys are leaving on twitter i've been blocking a lot of those people you should and it but it makes me sad because i'm like oh i'm like willingly you know blocking my engagement you can you know you maybe should just mute them but i but i don't want them okay i don't it doesn't bother me what they say but i don't like that that stuff is so that someone else reading my tweet sees those comments well yeah because then it just becomes part of the perpetuating problem we have now, speaking of alliteration, uh, yeah. which, which is, you know, someone does that. Then someone is like, looks like you've got reply guys. And you go, oh, I hate my reply guys. And it's like, yeah. that culture kind of sucks too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of like, of like, oh, guys respond to my tweets. It's like, yeah, like I respond to people's tweets like a loser, but like, <laughs> you know, I'm not like some. No, but if you're not, you know, I'm an individual. It. Well, this is the thing is I th- if I love when people comment on my tweets. Uh, I love mm-hmm. any kind of engagement. I'm very like grateful that anybody wants to engage with my tweets. But like usually whatever anyone replies, I try to tag a joke onto it. But if you're just replying something either mean or like you're just hitting on me or something, mm-hmm. then it takes that value away from my original tweet. And then most people just like pay attention to that. So well, then I block those people. Also, most of your tweets. Okay, so just some background. On oh, Cassie no. Here. <laughs> She's a stand-up comedian from Ottawa who now lives in Toronto. This is all true, right? I mean, I don't love saying that I'm from Ottawa. Oh wait, you were you were wrong. living in Ottawa for a long time. You were born in you were born in uh, Taiwan, Hong Kong. No, no. Oh my god! Of, but it's you're you're close. You're it's one of these <laughs> Taipei? rich rich Asian Taipei cities, Shanghai. Shanghai. Okay, yeah. Shanghai. So you did tell me, and I confused it with similar. Cities. Absolutely, yeah. all of the other ones. all of the other <laughs> island semi-independent 
capitalist for longer. Well, I like that you said Taipei after you said Taiwan, just to <laughs> narrow down on it to make sure it was wrong. <laughs> Taipei. I'm, I'm not 100% on where it is. <laughs> Taipei is the capital. I know there were, there were, okay, there were Olympics there, I think, once. Really? That would be insane. They couldn't give the Olympics. Taipei's big, right? I don't know. I've never been. I feel like we're both <laughs> just talking out of our asses. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is I, I can't just talk to you about your identity. What is this? An identity politics <laughs> thing? It's not even your identity. That's the thing. We're talking about identity politics. Shouldn't everybody should just be like, I, Cassie Cow, am I need more from <laughs> culture. I mean, I, I do tell, well, I don't know. I I like to tell people I'm from Shanghai, but then I feel like then people sometimes assume that I, like, I'm really Chinese. And then I actually can't. Like, I'm not really. So you're not, like. I can't fulfill that expectation. But you're a first-generation immigrant. I'm what they call, in sociology, a 1.5 generation. I see. Yeah. Born external. But I can't. <laughs> yeah, that's not very othering. But thank you, Nick. Uh, well, well, I, uh, I'm like not othering you, oddly enough. I'm othering this place you were born that you're from, but not you. So that's fair. It's now, quite strange. I think it's I'm more here. groomy what I'm doing. Uh, well, it's so my dad is a professor. I, do you know this? Have I ever told you this? You told me something about your parents' uh, jobs in in the um, other country, China. Well, both my parents were architects in China, but yeah. then they both got new careers. And my dad is a professor in human geography. So he deals with a lot of stuff like migration and, and all that stuff. That's really neat. And I would be considered a 1.5 generation immigrant because I wasn't born in this country, but I immigrated with my parents. I see. So I'm in between first and second generation. Right. Mm -hmm. But you feel very distant from... Um... The Shanghai way of life, I take it. I mean, not very distant. Oh, well, let's all like have some nuance <laughs> my, built into my, this. Nick. My new thing is, I make I make the comment. You tell me what you think of the comment. Yeah. I make I define you. You, yeah. you, you edit the Wikipedia yeah. entry. I think the game here is I'm trying to offer a nuanced perspective, and you're saying black. Okay, white. No, yes. black. No, no, that's white. what I like. That's what I like. That's what I'm talking about. The world is, you know, shades of gray? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Let's shades just get down to it. Green, blue, All the primary black, colors. white. Yeah, just primary. <laughs> just primary. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. Like, I didn't grow up near Asian kids in Canada. Mm -hmm. I didn't meet other Asian kids until I went to high school. Wow. Yeah. Where was this? In Ottawa. Okay. So I moved to Ottawa at that point. Yes. Um, but before that, I lived in Quebec City. Wow. So only white people. Right. Uh, and I also lived in New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. Again, only white people. Right, yeah. New Brunswick. But Acadian. Yes. Many of them. I learned English in New Brunswick. I only spoke French up until then. But did you find that their style of French is very, uh, it's very different than even Quebecois French? Well, then Quebecois French for sure, because yeah. Quebecois French is wacko. Yeah. But up until then, I only spoke with the Quebec accent, so I now uh, can actually flip between the two. Uh, Quebec accent. Uh, uh, I don't know why I threw the word pa in there. <laughs> uh, 
euh, l'immersion et le français. Euh, ouais, alors, mais je peux euh, parler en québécois. C'est ouais, pas le français. Le cadence, I don't even know if cadence is a word in French. Uh, I, it's true you just say English words in like a goofy French uh, accent and like it hits a good 30% of the time I took uh, French in, in Ontario and they, they teach you Parisian French it's yeah well strange. Acadian French sounds very similar to France French. but it's like slowed down and more franglais I found when I, I also here. don't know like I also when I was well like obviously I just like lost my accent as I left Quebec so like mm -hmm. I pick it up if I'm near other Quebecers but it's not like instinctual that I speak with the Quebec accent now so do you have more of an understanding of the Quebec style of comedy which is sort of its its own thing if you ever look at just for laughs the French mm -hmm. things it'll be a picture of some guy with like a fake mustache and he's basically dressed like Mario you but, know and but... then it'll say like <laughs> zoot peut-être <laughs> 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 Charlie. Oh, this <laughs> is very reductive. I well, here's a, here's another thing though is I didn't watch TV or know about comedy up until I was in university. And that's why you so, have now denied the the humor of broadness. What? <laughs> <laughs> because it was reductive what I was doing. Well, I mean, I just like wasn't even aware of comedy at the time. And to be fair, now I've tried to watch those French comedy specials the Com comedians of the world series yeah and the french ones the the really quebec ones they're so full of slang that like i no longer know what those words mean wow that's cool i love uh quebec i love montreal i like the accent i know people hate the quebecois accent mm, but like to it. me it sounds very like sing-songy yeah it's very uh melodic it has a uh, an unpretentiousness to it you know that's mm -hmm. uh and uh they're you know they're happy as and clams it's, and it's funny yes it's the way that they say things because they have so much slang in there everything's uh, like very calice and stuff tabernacle <laughs> and they swear a lot. all of the swears are Cal based on ca tabernacle. catholic <laughs> catholic stuff i remember being with this uh he was actually an ottawa valley french guy which is like a whole other kettle mm -hmm. of fish it's really like mm -hmm. a strange it's like quebecois plus major franglais and major making mm -hmm. just any word french right and he was in france uh you know going on he's also like a punk with like eight feet tall mohawks and people just thought they just did not know what he was saying <laughs> it, he might as well have not been speaking french oh uh so one time i was in china and i was living there for a little longer. I was there for like two months or so. And so I had joined a gym. And in Shanghai, I live in the French concession, mm -hmm. which is the historical French concession. But now there's still just like a lot of French and like European people that live there. Mm -hmm. And I joined this like real shitty gym because mm -hmm. I was only there for a month or so. And there was a French woman there one day when I went who was like trying to get a membership with the guy who obviously didn't speak French mm -hmm. and she was trying really hard and he wasn't getting it. So I was being a good person and I was like, oh, I speak a little bit of French. So I just went and like sorted out their little thing. Mm -hmm. And then I just left. I didn't even think anything about it. And she asked me as I was walking away, she was like, when are you going back to France? Oh, you must have liked that. And that was the moment that I peaked, and it's been all downhill since then. <laughs> When was this? Last this, week? It was yeah, last week. I'm still. I just got to go back to Shanghai after this podcast. <laughs> That's cool. Um, it was. I was twenty. They give you kanji on the flight. I was twenty-three. 
23. Yeah. So this was a few years ago. That's, uh, and you go back to Shanghai often? <laughs> for you, basically. <laughs> it was last it's week. last week. I wish it were last week. Um, I don't go no, back I don't as often. I know why I wish it were last week. I don't go back as often anymore. I used to go back every couple of years when I was living with my parents because that was like a thing that we did. Yeah. But since I left for university, it's been a lot more like they'll just go back to China without me. So like it's difficult for me to find a time and reason to go back. Do you speak Cantonese? No. Do you speak Mandarin? Yes. And I say Shanghai dialect. So what's Shanghai dialect? Shanghai dialect. It, okay. So uh, all of China speaks uh, well, the language is Chinese. So like Cantonese, Mandarin, and Shanghai dialect and all the other dialects mm-hmm. are all dialects of Chinese. So in written form, they look the same. Okay. Except, of course, there's traditional versus simplified, but it's just, it's still the same language. Okay. But the, the difference that you hear in people saying it, mm-hmm. they're regional dialects. So Cantonese is not a different language. It's just a dialect of Mandarin. Mandarin I see. And so is Shanghai dialect. Shanghai dialect is also just... a uh, like a, a spoken, mm-hmm. uh, you know, variation. But Shanghai dialect is atonal, which is the same as English. Okay. Whereas so, Mandarin, is, it's tonal. So when you say tonal, can you give me an example of what tonal sounds like? It doesn't need to be something in Chinese if you'd rather not just be like some performing <laughs> person. Well, tonal means that, so English is not a tonal language. So in any tone that I say a particular word doesn't change the meaning of the word, right? So if I say... Really? Yeah. Now, really? <laughs> you see? Sure. I mean, you're, but you're adding, like, connotation to it. Really? <laughs> but in Chinese, if you say the same character in different tones, each, each character, well, each sound has four tones. There are four tones in Mandarin. And so each of them will mean a different word entirely. That's so cool. So the the inflection by which you say the the characters affects the meaning of it. Do you have what's your favorite language? My of favorite language? language. You seem to know a lot of languages. Three, four, four. dialect. Yeah. Uh, well, of one that I don't know. No. Of the ones that I speak. Know. Yeah. Of the ones that I speak. Yeah. I mean, listen, I like. Well, you know what? I do like Shanghai dialect because mm-hmm. I think it's very comical. That's cool. And it's uh, it's like a lower status language at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be just that like everyone in Shanghai spoke it. Like when I was living in Shanghai, which when I was like a baby, mm-hmm. that's just like everyone in Shanghai spoke it. And that meant you were from the city and not from the country, which is a status thing. Mm-hmm. But since then, like Mandarin has been really standardized across China. So everywhere in schools, everyone learns Mandarin like a really typical like news mandarin and so now even in shanghai everyone just speaks mandarin like if you go into stores and restaurants and stuff people just speak mandarin to you and so if you speak shanghainese it's now like a street language right so you use it to like barter with street peddlers by weed (laughs) right sure yeah (laughs) so so it's still like it still means you're from the city but it's a bit like grungier now which i quite like yeah that's cool yeah that's uh it's uh, why was Mandarin standardized so heavily? So that just like because it's a it's an authoritarian country and you're <laughs> able to do it, so it makes you know the education system a lot smoother. Where does Shanghai uh, fall within? Uh, well, first of all, sadly, I must ask Chinese geography, and secondly, I don't know what the difference is between Chinese geography, <laughs> but you know the geography of of China, China, and. Uh, um, 
is it similar to um, Hong Kong or Taiwan in terms of its semi-sovereignty or? Oh, no, it's not. So Shanghai is a city. Mm -hmm. um, Taiwan and Hong Kong are, I would say, the regions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, well, Taiwan's like an island. But like whatever. Like there are separate zones that have like historical reasons yeah. as to why they're quote-unquote independent. Mm -hmm. But Shanghai is just like very developed economically. Mm -hmm. So they are for the purposes of like statistics and stuff like that like shanghai is counted as its own province even though it's actually just the city right uh, but just because there's so much going on in it so it does have a certain amount of autonomy just because of its like economic power but it is fully within mainland china like it's not at all its own entity thank you mm -hmm. i have no humorous retort for that you i'm just what? trying to learn i didn't even know i knew so much about china. that's it is i wanted <laughs> to bring you back to how how much you know and and uh so skipping your teenage years entirely sure that's fine i wasn't doing anything you have a master's degree i do yeah how'd you do that i mean a lot of crying really <laughs> yeah to be honest that the year i did my master's i'm incredibly proud of having done it but it was one of the hardest years of my life why well because i didn't because uh okay so well <laughs> it's difficult it's hard and I did it in Hamilton and at the time I was starting to do comedy in Toronto and I didn't want to have moved away and not be doing it. Where, uh, where is Hamilton for the listeners? Where is Hamilton? It's like, <laughs> do you like that? I do this mixture a... of like saying something about you that you should be telling me and then asking you to answer very simple questions that I know the answer to. I also just like don't think there's anyone listening who doesn't know about Hamilton. I've got a list I've got listeners uh, got somebody in Japan. Yeah. They're probably Canadian, but Yeah, you yeah. have an international audience. Allegedly <laughs> according to the, some of the, you know, listens I'm catching. Well, on a good day, Hamilton is 45 minutes drive away. On a bad day, it is at least two and a half hours. Yes. Yeah. It is a steel city. I didn't, you know what, they call it the, the what is it, the city Steel of... Steel Town. No, they call it something Waterfalls. Is it the city of Waterfalls? I guess they call it that. Or is it like... That a... didn't really get out of Hamilton <laughs> is the thing they call I've it. I've never seen a waterfall there. They do have a mountain with a waterfall, but I've never really seen it either. No. They have a mountain. I just like, you know what, I lived extremely close to the Emerson. Oh yeah, that was where they would have they have shows. And I it was wild when I lived there. I had no idea there was a show. I was like so mad to be in Hamilton, and I kept commuting back to Toronto to do shows. And I had no idea; it hadn't even occurred to me to like look for local. Hamilton shows. has quite a vibrant uh, comedy scene for yes. the size. I would say that yes. it's probably um, in terms of the amount of comics. I would imagine it's equal to Ottawa. You know, there's a lot of comedians in Hamilton. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I only know a few of them. I mean, I've, I don't know anything about Ottawa comedy. I just know I've done comedy in Ottawa, but... I think Ottawa doesn't have a very good scene to work... To uh, I don't mean work in terms of, like, make money, but, like, work out material in. Like, there doesn't seem to be a lot of bar shows. Right. So, I don't know how they come up. They must come up directly through the club scene. Because here, it's so hard to break into the clubs. You have to start doing bar shows and get your material together and blah, blah, blah. And then get the clubs to even care about you. Yes. But in Ottawa, it's not. It's the opposite, I think. And you got a master's in economics. I did. 
You're an economist. I was an economist. Uh, do you think I can still call myself an economist? Do you I think, think it's like a forever thing. If you do comedy nicks as a podcast it's like comedy economics from a comedy perspective i guarantee you'll have quite a few listeners yeah right listen i do this all the time and i'm convinced that people hate it but i break down the comedy business in terms of like market analysis and like incentives and, and populations and people hate this. I've done this to so many comics and they absolutely don't want to listen to me talk about Why? it. Why? I don't know. I get Is but, it not interesting? But I get very excited about it. I'm excited about it, but it all kind of gets me down. Well, I think that's what it is, really. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I mean, it only gets me down because uh I just feel like I uh I don't really know how to crack a nut like Canada. Right. And then on top of that cracking a nut like the u.s i'm sure as an economist you figured this out it's uh, easier in the states it's easier but it's actually very hard too of course but everything's hard there's nothing that's not hard well look at this situation i've got in my room it seems kind of easy doesn't it <laughs> i think that <laughs> anything worth doing is difficult and so to you me, don't no, think this is worth doing no i think look you've got these like beautiful microphones that's with these true. beautiful spit guards you've yeah. like buns traded the whole setup <laughs> this seems difficult i don't know how to no, do no you're it. right it was difficult yeah it's still difficult exactly i'm sustaining eye contact at times with you it's That's wild hard. you've got yeah. this like you got this new webcam <laughs> i've got a brand new webcam i uh could i got that off kijiji i bought it right secondhand but i did not trade for it mm-hmm. um this interview for some reason i'm keeping this sort of hushed even mellow tone oh okay i didn't think... know i thought you were doing like a fraser crane type situation <laughs> <laughs> do you have any questions about uh do you have questions do you have any questions for me me i mean oh now you're putting me on the spot um the hot seat tell me who you hate the most and name them (laughs) and why in detail (laughs) oh that's so tough i mean i kind of hate faith goldie a lot okay you know she's just someone who seems like she doesn't really believe what she's saying really uh something tells me that she's someone who is just sort of uh trying to make as much money she as she can does she make money being hateful i think she's made a little you know she uh, have we talked about how she's i think she's my age and she looks a million years old well yeah her and lauren southern did this thing uh when they were first starting at the rebel where they were trying to be like we're the hot conservative ladies and then (laughs) Or like, not even conservative, like, we're the hot gorillas of the right, you know? Like, we will come in and we'll interrupt stuff. And Laura Loomer was a bit like that, too. But she's like a complete mad person. I don't know if you know Laura (laughs) Loomer. She's wild. Um, And then a few years later, especially Faith Goldie, she looks like she's had plastic surgery on her lips. She looks very worn. You know who she looks like is... Oh, I forgot her name, but remember that girl, like Courtney someone? Um, Courtney Stodden? Yes. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, that reminds me of The 18 year old who married the 56 year old yes, guy? Yes, yes, yes. Because I was so shocked that she was, like, at the time, like, not even 20. No, she looked really like an adult, she, adult person. She looked like she was in her 50s. It was wild. <laughs> well, he probably thought that. And that's probably, <laughs> that's why probably how her. they got together. Yeah, right. was, she probably was impersonating. It was probably 50s, 
you know, uh, Tinder, like in the age range, 50 looking for 50. Because like that guy must have been, you know, he's an actor, not doing well. He could only have been trying to date his age, you know. I mean, I just like, I don't pay attention to any of these people. Like the only reason I know about Faith Goldie is because I inadvertently did a show for her. What? But did I not tell you this? What do you mean you did a show for her? Well, she came into my show. <laughs> oh. She was the whole, whole audience. Did I not tell you this? Is that not why we brought this up? No, tell me. Oh, oh my thought, God. I thought we discussed this at Popeye's at three in the morning. Yes. Um. Okay. So I was doing a show. It, it's not, it's barely a show. It's like pretty much an open mic uh, in Etobicoke. And uh, <laughs> she's going to show up somewhere. It's in Etobicoke. <laughs> and okay. So it's one of these like ambush shows, right? Like, uh, yes. Bar, bar, I have know. a long joke about this kind of thing. And this bar is just to give some context. Like the last time I was in this bar, uh, a drunk, I was just making fun of them. just like crowd working a little bit. And I was making fun of this man who was like very drunk on a date with a really pretty girl. And I was like, yikes, she's like trying to get away from you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he rushed the stage while I was up. <laughs> it w- and everybody like stood up and like pulled him <laughs> off. It was wild. So anyways, I was there. I was trying to do my set. And I was trying to get a, I, was just, I usually just like do my set and leave and hit shows. Uh, one, like a bunch of them in a row. So I just went up and I did my set. And there were a weird number of people there. Like it was really packed for what it normally is. Hmm. There was a whole table of like around 20 people. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing my set. And they just did not like me. Which I didn't think was weird. Because as you know, when you do open mics, <laughs> people just don't like you anyway. Totally. So it wasn't. A super out of the ordinary but mm. they were all like young white men uh-huh like in their 20s right and they all seemed like really like quiet and dorky and like you know i was like i don't think that you normally would like me <laughs> usually you're, you'd be my crowd right and I these like, are reply guys and i well in not the even they just seem kind of like like shy and sweet you know right. yeah and i was just like making fun of them for being white like teasing them a little bit because they weren't laughing and usually that works with white audiences but they just like weren't re- they were very polite to be fair nobody heckled me or anything but they were like just a little uptight about it and then when i left all of the comics started texting me to be like wow yikes they really didn't like you you bumped so hard do you know why and i was like well, you don't have to, you know, be so pointed about it. And they're like, well, that's because that was Faith Goldie and her canvassing team. Oh, and they were all like, I don't know. I, I didn't know that they were, I thought that uh, uh, they're racist, I guess. I think so. But I don't know. Well, they weren't like blatantly racist. But yeah, they weren't all about the the jokes making fun of white people. Yeah, I feel like you have like sort of like those like white fragility jokes. Yes. White frigidity jokes. <laughs> You're right. Last time when we were at the fun Transact. Yeah, club. which we didn't even get into. We did the show at the Transact and you didn't know if it was going to be fun and then it was a treat. It, a hoot. I genuinely thought it was going to be terrible. I'm telling you, I, these shows I'm doing at the stand, at, 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 at the Transact, mm-hmm. Where it's mostly music. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's like one or two other comics. Mostly it's just me. Mm-hmm. These are my favorite shows. Okay. These are some of the only shows I'm doing right now. Well, I just was... First of all, I don't believe in shows that are music mixed with comedy. Me neither. I think people love music and then they tolerate the comedy. Yeah, but that's these shows haven't quite been like that. But also, also that show, the whole audience was the band. <laughs> that's why I like the shows. <laughs> You know, you know what you're getting. You know you're going to... Because sometimes these bands are like 15 people. 
Well, because, okay, because before we went up, it was three people on stage. So I was like, okay, so there's at least 10 that are just like other people. And then after we went <laughs> yeah, up, they all went got back up. For sure. <laughs> the rest of them went back up. But did stage. you get a little money still? A little bit. And I got a real sweet kombucha. Yeah, the drinks are free. This is what I'm saying. I did a show last night, the other day at the Transact. Hardly anybody came. And people are really missing out now coming to these shows. The music's yeah. nice. I worked out my bit on white privilege. Yes, you it's did. It's been doing well so far. I've been doing it all around town. Have people said, you know, there's no such thing as white privilege yet to you? No. Uh, but some people don't like it. <laughs> what did they say? Well, you know what's weird is actually sometimes I'll do it to non-white audiences. And then it's, it's diff- like, I think non-white people think of white privilege very differently across the board there's not a consensus i don't think so that makes sense nuance and as you mentioned earlier yeah and to be fair i actually think that white privilege isn't something that you think about as much if you're not white like a lot of people like i wasn't really aware of white privilege as a concept up until pretty recently so what's your story about about white privilege what made you aware of it okay so most well also being an asian woman and young Uh like i don't typically get treated that poorly overall especially in canada like that's not that much of a thing but then and and i don't really feel a lot of on a day-to-day basis i don't feel so much racism i don't think that that's really applicable to me in the way that it's applicable to other people mm-hmm. uh so for most of my life i never really thought of racism as a thing i mostly fixated on sexism right but then one year i worked in an office of all young white women oh and there yeah. were no men there right. and i was treated really poorly like wow. more poorly than any other office i'd ever worked in it's brutal and i was forced to kind of face the fact that they didn't like me because I looked different. Wow. Not because of gender-related politics. But what about when a white guy likes you because you look different? But I also think that's different. Like, sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't say me personally, but I can understand, like, there's Asian girls that just like the way that white boys look. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? I don't, like love it i don't love being like fetishized i try not to like get into those situations but i don't think that's like something people need to go to jail for. probably it's probably <laughs> fun to be safely fetishized you know what i mean yeah. like in a yeah. respectful manner well I also, like worshipped you know that's nice well i mean that's a little far but you don't like, want to be worshipped <laughs> no i feel like that you're in comedy that goes into a whole other psychological hallway. if you were a god what would be the first thing you do the first thing i do yeah oh yeah i'd want everyone to so the first thing you do <laughs> is you make it so everyone has to like you. I mean, to be fair, that's what I'm trying to do even without being a god. I just right. want everyone to like me. By doing material that challenges people's security. Yeah, By the way, I think you're very funny. Oh, thank you very much. Clever. Imagine we got this deep into this podcast and you were like, by the way, I never cared for your comedy. <laughs> Don't really care for it. Don't really care for it. I came here to call you out yeah. on your anti-white bias. You know what? I deserve it. That is a large chunk of my material. And you don't even really have a huge. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like you're teasing more than anything else. Well, it is, but that's what I like. I actually do like in my comedy. I do like 
just making people a little uncomfortable. I like the edge of what's funny versus what's uncomfortable. Do you think that, um, in fact, there's something that would be helpful if people were, instead of getting so defensive, like you're being accused of a crime, if you're accused of being insensitive mm-hmm. to people because of race or whatever, mm-hmm. if you kind of go, no, you dummy, just like, it's just, it's not that big a deal, really. I'm going to go live my life, but just yeah. to consider changing this up or I'm going to tell you some or information. Or just notice it. I think that's mostly what it is, is I feel like people who are uh, like the uh, quote unquote, like victims of discrimination, like a lot of it, you, just to live your life, you're like, I've accepted the way that this is the way the world works and mm-hmm. I can play by the rules of the system. But also it would be nice every once in a while if everyone acknowledged that the game is skewed and we're working our fucking asses off and you know, as long as there was some recognition, then everyone would be, not everyone, but I just mean like you know, on a lot of smaller issues, people would be happy to just be like, okay, we'll do our best and this is the way it is, but I want everyone to acknowledge that it's not fair, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's all. Acknowledge. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it took me, so when I worked in that office, I it took me a long time to, that was the first time that I really thought about racism in any mm. like way that impacted me. And How I, long ago is this? Was this last week? It was last week. Yeah. It was not long ago. It really? Was, it was really not long ago. It was maybe two years ago. Oh, so no wonder you're talking so much about this. This is fresh in your mind. You're it examining is. it. Absolutely. You're processing. Absolutely. Um, I think that, uh, like, I really, I remember I took me, uh, there was one day when I sat down and there was, because I got hired with, by, at the same time as this other girl, and she was far better liked and was getting promotions ahead of me, even though from my assessment which is of course biased but from my assessment our qualifications and our results and work were similar at at least Mm -hmm. but she just like was better integrated into the office and i really had to sit down no pun intended integration she was integrated more easily because of her sameness is that a pun no it's not not a pun pun. (laughs) (laughs) okay but i really like sat down and i had to be like okay well what is it that could be different about me and then i had to parse out like well this girl i'm not gonna use her name not that she's gonna listen to this podcast shamily yeah (laughs) well she grew up with white parents and i had Asian parents and my parents weren't integrated, whereas her parents like are like big officials in government, and that's where I worked. I worked so wait, was this office. woman a white woman? You're saying of course, okay, of yeah, course. yeah. And she like had already learned how to speak in a way to integrate with other white people. She right. already grew up around an atmosphere where her parents like knew about public service and how mm. to get ahead and succeed in these types of work environments and stuff. Whereas I had to learn all of that as an adult by myself, sometimes against the judgment of my parents right. and stuff like that. And then you have to put all Cassie, that Cassie, no context. economics, please. Please. I'm sorry that I'm just so thoughtful. It's just my <laughs> master's degree leaking out of me just waiting for a chance No, to I'm saying useful. that was your parents being like... Please, no economics. Well, t- you know what? My parents didn't want me to go into economics. It was crazy. I do a joke about this that doesn't really work. I don't know. I haven't had time to like work it out. But I, I, w- it w- which is true, my parents wanted me to go into science because I had already gone into science. My first year of university, I was mm. a science student. And then in my second year, I was like, I'm going to go into economics instead, which in my opinion is an equally reputable, equally difficult, equally scientifically rigorous Seems that field. way to me, yeah. And they were very against it. But they wanted you to discover how to split the human genome and such. 
I think what my parents wanted was for me to not change course because they they were like, you'd already spent all this time in high school and first year doing it to stop doing it and do a new thing. They don't like that. Right. They don't like a sudden turn. Do you like a sudden turn? I do. My parents were very sad. Wow. <laughs> I turned and zigged So after comedy... What's next? You know, after, after comedy, once I master it, <laughs> give me another couple of weeks. Masters it. <laughs> get your masters in it. I mean, I don't know. I But I, I will say I am of the personality to like doing, to always do things that are challenging. Mm-hmm. I don't like doing things that I'm already good at. Once I'm good at it, I don't like to do it anymore. Wow. So. It's a very difficult uh, life philosophy. To I like doing by. lots of different things. Well, you know what I actually want to get into is I want to start vlogging. I like that too. I've started trying and it's so much more difficult than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Plus you got to edit it. No, but even just like talking to a camera and having anything interesting to say is wild. Like I've been vlogging for two days now and the footage is unwatchable. It's so boring. Yeah. So not good. Well, my podcast, I do a lot of solo episodes. Okay. And that's sort of like kind of like vlogging, but it's... yeah. Uh, the actual vlog right now, especially, is like it always needs to have some sort of challenging point. Yes. You know, anytime yes. I've done something on put one of my podcasts up on YouTube and I've given it a title like Jordan Peterson is wrong or something, yeah, you immediately get more views of and course. people are mad. You get immediate dislikes. But then if you go the other way, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, um, you don't get many views and stuff. And yeah. I don't even know if views really matter when you're starting to do something like a YouTube channel. Be- because you're learning to do it. Because you're learning. Yes. I think that's actually <laughs> quite true. But that's what Sorry, I... Sorry, I was adjusting the light heavily. That's what I quite like about the internet is that there is actually no failure. Because failure just means no one watched it, which is the same as it didn't happen. So you can really just do whatever you want and if you're successful and it goes viral or whatever then you that's great and then you can go delete everything that was embarrassing yes i really want to do that with everything <laughs> in my life that's and ever then, happened and then if you do something that's bad like no one's gonna see it and if they see it they're not gonna say anything about it so it's not like you know what i mean there's no such thing as doing poorly but this is my idea maybe you can tell me what you think about it because i'm going on tour this week yeah i'm starting congratulations thank you i'm going for almost a full month wow which is wild i'm very nervous i've never gone on tour for and so you're long. gonna break even you told me i'm gonna make well now my money situation is skewed because i have to fly back to shoot a tv show so i don't actually know if those flights versus what i get paid to do tv is gonna cancel out it'll probably cancel out this is canada right so if you're flying from one coast to the other coast, even one way, it's, it's two ways. Yeah. It's uh, it's a bite. It takes a little chunk. Yeah. It takes out a little chunk. Costs about the same as flying to like Spain or something. Yeah. Well, but, especially because uh, production won't confirm with me when I'm shooting. So I, production. Still can't, so I still can't buy my flight. But anyway, but yes, but I'm going to at least break even. But. Which is like, by the way. Yes. The advantage of being an economist who's doing this is pretty good because, like, I'm like breaking even. What is that? You know, that can happen in comedy. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people tour, especially at my level, like, I'm not headlining anything. I think most people who tour below the headliner level mm-hmm. uh, just lose money. Like, they, they see it as like a fun vacation. But yeah. I can't afford to do that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like compared to a lot of people, you probably can. 
because you're an economist well, and you're good at saving money. But, uh, but I'm former not, economist. But I'm not trying. Do you lose the power of economizing with every day not spent at your no, job? No, you know what? I think that uh, going into economics, this is like, I'm being very earnest. I think I it's changed the way that I think I about can tell. the world. And that's what I think is the most valuable piece of my life. I love talking to you the other night at the Transac and stuff about all of at your Popeyes. opinions at Popeyes. <laughs> you went to Popeyes afterwards. Uh, I felt like we had a spirited discussion. Yeah. And it was good getting to know each other. I liked it a lot. And uh, I thought that you had lots of really intelligent takes that, frankly, are not the kind of thing I hear audibly said by a lot of comedians. Although I do think a lot of comedians and people in the arts probably approach things with a very professional, you know, uh, thoughtful thing. But they rarely discuss it, you know, because people kind of like to be magicians. You know, they like to go, oh, yeah, you know, things just kind of worked out. And it's like, no, you went to Brown. You know, you went to, like, you talked about privilege. And, and all I thought about was, you know, there's a lot of comedians who are uh, either more, they're very, they're educated at very good colleges, you know, and they know each other from the colleges they went to. I think it's absolutely a privilege to be able to even think about pursuing a career in the arts. I think that's not something that you can achieve if you're not financially or like socially secure. But I've wanted to do it since I was a teenager and I didn't um, necessarily, uh, uh, you know, have mm, tons of encouragement or anything doing it, you know? No, I mean, it was, I, I will say it was something I chose to do and was able to do because of living in Canada and Toronto yeah. and, and, you know, living downtown near all this stuff. But that's what I mean. I think most yeah, people but, who are quite, yeah. uh, I don't know, obviously there's, this is like general, it's not a rule per se, but I do Black think, and all, white. but I do think a lot of people in comedy disproportionately come from wealthy families, yeah. from well-educated families. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from having a certain confidence that you can, that you can achieve in other ways and you choose to pursue the arts, which is not something that's, that's a, like, for example, mm-hmm. this is what I think about it a lot mm-hmm. is that I don't think I would have ever even wanted to pursue the arts if I hadn't already had a successful career as, a, as an economist. Right. And I think the reason I wanted to was because it was the first thing that felt uh, natural for me and was uh, fun to do. And then it was like the only thing I really liked i don't know i got very obsessed with the idea of doing it and Mm -hmm. you know whether or not there was uh resounding easy success afterwards you know especially in the first 15 well like from age like 15 to 30 or something you know like the privilege that i enjoyed was the fact that even though i was struggling in certain respects i was able to you know still do it of course but not save money but i think you know know what even but just being able to still do it but the idea of even being able to focus on what makes you happy what Mm -hmm. you like to do uh being able to do it even if you weren't saving money like Mm -hmm. you know the maslow hierarchy of needs like in order to even be able to think about fulfilling those like higher goals you have to already be secured with the other yeah i mean but but what was interesting with that for me was like i think that i kind of jumped the gun a bit you know in that i maybe wasn't fulfilling the hierarchy of needs 100 percent. you know like 
I didn't go to school, you know, and I didn't, uh, the, the, I was like, well, if I don't allow for a safety net, right. I'm golden. Right. Well, that's what I've done. I just quit my job. Yes. What, and at the time that I quit my job, I had nothing going on. Like people always say like, oh, you quit to do comedy. And that's like neither true nor untrue because I, I did quit in order. And then I had a plan to not get another job. Mm-hmm. But at the time that I quit, I was straight up doing open mics. I was making no money. Nobody was interested in me. Nothing was happening mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. And after, and I was very depressed after I quit my job. And mm-hmm. I for sure I spent two months thinking I made the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. And then things, you you find a way. It's mm-hmm. very like sink or swim. Right. Yeah. But everything for me, not that I'm like doing amazing or anything, but like the reason why I've been able to sustain without having gone back to a day job all happened after I quit. And and a lot of that has to do with auditioning, getting these parts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm an actor. You're an actor. <laughs> you and I share membership in a guild. I quite like Actra. Yeah. A union. They're not a guild. The writers yes. is a guild. Oh, right. Yeah. I quite like them. I think that they, I haven't been able to enjoy benefits yet, but I think that I qualify this year. Oh my God. I've had no benefits the last couple <laughs> of years. It sucks. I have like life insurance. Okay. Yeah. But it's not a lot. If I died, my parent, my mother would get like a hundred bucks. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not <laughs> in like a very financially secure moment. I'm in a transitionary period, but I do like, I do like the acting. I appreciate your, uh, excitement about what you're doing yeah well i like to be excited if i'm bored then i don't then i quit my job (laughs) are you on and you're on twitter i'm on twitter you do these good tweets thank you for calling them good i like them thank you uh people seem to respond to them it's it's hot and cold i'm bringing it back to the reply guy thing oh i see because i was gonna say like just getting back to the the twitter response Mm -hmm. um Women get a whole weird world of Twitter responses, I've found. Right. Funny women. Uh, in that I feel like there's more of an urge. There seems to be more of an urge of dudes to try to, like, top your joke or add to your joke. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just think that women aren't very interested in commenting, period. Like, I just don't think. But what about the view? Yeah, but that doesn't really do anything for you. Like, I mostly care about the engagement. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think girls don't, on by and large, even I don't really comment on other people's tweets. Oh my god, that would be a really good name for a plus size pansexual per- comedian's album. <laughs> by and large. <laughs> by and large. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just go trademark it, and when someone comes right. to peddling, then you can sell it to them. Get that website. Yeah, get the dot com. <laughs> Get That's the org. I say the oh, org. So oh no. Um, I. You know what? I just figured out yesterday to do an email forwarding with my website address. What do you like now? I've like made it so that my email is cassie at cassiecow.com. Oh yeah, yeah. I have some ability to do that that I don't fully understand. I've had and been paying for my website for two years and i just figured this this out yesterday that i can do that (laughs) i have like yeah like a theflans.com thing going on and yeah very proud of it do it why don't we go on tour 
You and I? Yeah, we yeah, I would like that. The two of us did very well <laughs> at that thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you drive. I drive. I don't have a car. And I drive. Do you have a car? I mean, it's in the shop. <laughs> can we bring your cat? Manny. No. Oh. But, like, you okay. know, we can pit stops, I guess. And <laughs> my mom will make us tea and then Manny. Oh, I would love that. We'll uh, demand attention for a moment and then okay. go about his business. Can you, can, uh, I want this on the record. Can you uh, take a picture of me and Manny later? Yes, and I can. And then can we put it on social media? Yes, and I'll make it the photo for this episode. Yes. <laughs> That's what I want. Um, you okay. heard it here. We're getting to the... We're getting to the end of the episode Are here. we? Yeah, isn't that sad? I feel like there's so much more it to is. say. I, I feel know? like we're having such a nice chat. We are. You're, you're going to have to come back. I would love to come back. But I want to do a little show and tell. Oh, okay. Are you, you're showing me stuff? Yeah, we do a little show and tell here. We, we, do a little show, we do a little show and tell here on the show. Okay. And tell. Okay. Look how small that is. Yes. Can you imagine phones used to be that small? It's for like an iPhone 4, you Isn't think? Isn't that crazy? It's an Angry Birds. It's so little. Do you like Angry Birds? I do. Well, I played Angry Birds a lot when it came out. See a resemblance? Oh my God, a little bit. <laughs> oh my God, a little bit. Yeah, now that you say it. Yeah. Look, it's, it's the eyebrows. You have it's the only same the eyebrows. It's, yeah. <laughs> you have the same eyebrows? I guess maybe the... No, no, I can see it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I've... Sudeikis. Why was it Sudeikis? What? Jason Sudeikis did the voice of the oh, bird probably in the Angry they Birds gave movie. Him so much money. I loved playing Angry Birds as well. Physics game. Yeah, it got boring after a bit. Yeah, I just liked the Star Wars one. That was the one I liked. Oh yeah, I played that one. The pigs. I like the pigs. The pigs are. I like the pigs more than the birds. Yeah, I get that. But I like the. There's like a heavy bird. I like that bird. <laughs> Yeah, but I like the king pigs, and I, I also, I don't know, I sympathize a lot with villains. I don't know if this is a character. What's plot. the villains you sympathize with the most? But I like all the Disney villains. I think they're all the most interesting people. But not like Nazis, right? Faith Goldie? Oh, no, I lived with one. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> got out of a situation yeah. where your roommate was a Nazi. Do you want to talk about that? No, not really. Oh, God. <laughs> but uh, no, So you're not, not a race realist, you're telling me. Well, yeah. <laughs> the great replacement. You don't uh, believe in it. I've been, I've been through it. I don't. You know what's sad? White supremacists. Uh, I don't. For some reason, China is not something I hear often, but Korea and Japan. Okay. Are. Now most of these guys, I think, just don't want to admit that they're fetishists, and they, that's why they value these countries so much. But they call them ethnostates, and they admire. The uh, religious, or sorry, the the uh, what they view as a country that has sustained its culture by maintaining a relative racial purity, which I don't even oh. know if that's accurate about you know the type of people well, living in. I know that Asia is very racist, but I don't know that this is. You think they'd be ageist? But I do. But I do a joke about this: is that Asian people are so committed to the to shadism, which is a type of racism. What shade? Oh, I see. Which is just about kind of stuff. Well, shadism is 
literally about the color of your skin. Yeah, it's not like the caste system is like a skin thing? Kind of, but the caste system is also very socioeconomical, and I don't know very much about it because we don't have it in China, but sure. in India that's a big thing. Yes. Um, but no, like... I we... did know that. I want to make that okay. clear. You sort of said <laughs> that like I didn't know where the caste system originated. Um, but in China and most of the East Asias, it's, it's shadism, and so still white people are at the top. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't in China, we don't like Chinese people more than white people. <laughs> Still like white people. Some wild stuff. Nuts. But uh, but there's but there's anti-white people too. There's complicated movements. Japan it's, has yeah. some uh, anti. Some apparently, you know, white tourists in Japan can get yelled at by young people. Yeah. Now, like the new generation of young people in Asia mm-hmm. have a lot more of like an Asian pride sort of thing, which wasn't. Uh, much it was less so a generation before hey it's cool yeah everybody should be everybody should be proud of their race (laughs) (laughs) i just i forget it like i like being asian but Uh i forget all the time that i'm asian i forget that i'm white (laughs) well that's that's but you know what i don't forget (laughs) jewish don't forget the jewish part really what do you think of this that's oh yikes it's a funko um wolfman it is? Yeah, it's like a wolf. Oh, man. is it one of those little toys that come in the box? Yes. Yeah. And it's uh, designed by Benicio del Toro for the movie of the same name where he was like the wolf man. I don't like it. Look at how much spit he's got going on. Yeah, he has way too much. Uh, yeah, like spit He's strength. slavering. Isn't that the term? Slavering? S-L-A-V-E-R-I-N-G. Salivating? No, slavering. Like, it's something you would do over like a haunch of meat. When you're excited, you would masticate and create saliva and slavering. They're both words. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I believe you. I don't like him. Okay, so you don't like this. I don't like this. This is the black dog. (gasps) Oh, I like this one. Yeah, it's a cute little black dog. I don't remember. Oh, it's a T.Y. Did you have a lot of T.Y. when Uh, you were young? Here and there. Beanie Babies? Yeah, I think that was more... I was a little older when those came out, so I didn't really mess with them. Do you have a lot of Beanie Babies? No, because I was poor. But Mm -hmm. there was one year where my mom had moved to Ottawa, and my dad and I had not moved yet. Mm -hmm. And so I lived without my mom, and I was just very sad the whole year. (laughs) And my dad didn't know what to do with me. And he bought me a really, like, a quite a big Beanie Baby. Oh. And it was a a Calico Cat. Aww. And now I have little Penny, who is a Calico Cat. I love cats. I love calicos. This is very cute. What do you think of when they call depression the black dog? I think do they? That, yeah, and I think it's kind of mean to black dogs, you know? I guess. I yeah, mean... like it's like a black... There, there was a cartoon that was called The Black Dog, and it was like the black dog's like sitting on your chest. You're trying to get up, but it's like... People don't, are very mean. Don't get up. Don't get up. People are very racist against black animals. I know. It's disgusting. Did you know you're not allowed to? So I adopted Penny in September. And apparently at the time they said that you're not allowed to adopt black cats because people adopt black cats in the fall in time for Halloween and like rituals like harm them. Isn't that insane? It does not give me a lot of hope for in the world. In Toronto? Yeah. Like well, a couple years ago? Like that's why. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure that's still a rule now, but that's crazy. It's bad. And so if I adopt a cat ever, it'll be a black kitty. 
you know, yeah. but I won't do it around that time of year because yeah. they won't let me. Yes, correct. Damn it. I actually love black cats. Yeah, they're wonderful. Black cats are silkier than all the other cats. Uh-huh. As much as I think Penny is perfect, I do think that black cats are a little softer than Penny, which uh-huh. is real rough. And they have like big booties. <laughs> they have bigger booties and they have stubbier tails. Often they have a stubby tail. They have stubbier tails and big booties, and then they have really soft little ears, and they're so cute. Oh, like, I yeah. love them so much. Yeah, I like black cats too. I like how their little uh, ears um, are like gray on the inside. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're thin, and sometimes if it's like an alley cat, they'll have that thing where like they're like missing the little mini V. Oh yeah. How'd that happen? I also like they have, sometimes they have like, sometimes they have black noses, but sometimes they have pink noses and that's so cute. Yeah, I like black cats too. So adopt a black cat. Yeah, but not, not around Halloween. Yeah, today. Today's the What do you think of Best of Opera? It's a four cassette collection. Yeah, a cassette? Do you even have anything that can play that anymore? Yes. Do you? Yes. Oh, no. Do you oh, like Barbara opera? Seville? Figaro. 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 Carmen? I've had multiple conversations with you where you've told me that you don't really care for music I much. Don't Does that include opera? Yeah. You don't even like classical? I've fallen asleep at a lot of operas. I'm actually like musical though. I played piano for 10 years. Right. I like read sheet music. But I you do don't like it? Stuff. I just like, I think that because I was forced to play music for so long and uh-huh. I didn't like it, my parents just made me do it, mm-hmm. that I've, since I've discovered comedy and stuff, I just like don't even like that much anymore. Wow. So you're single-minded. But I do. I listen to music exclusively when I go running. Okay. And now my tastes have mostly just stagnated around the... Um, like pop anthem genre. Dua Lipa. One, don't one. get him on the phone. You know, he just wants to get you alone. Two, don't even try to get... I don't get... even know these. I, I don't got know new rules. I got them. You don't know rule, new rules no. by Dua Lipa? I don't know anything. What I about like you'll Swift? be needing stitches? Oh, yeah. By Shawn Mendes? I know, but I, don't, I like female singers. Okay. Oh, no. You know who I like? I like that Sam Smith. I think he's great. You are beautiful. Uh, and I love... <laughs> Sam Smith. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I love Pink. Oh, with an I exclamation mark. I think she's... Does she still have the exclamation mark? I don't know. Mark? That's don't a good know. question. <laughs> I think she's great. And I remember her from when I was like really young. Yeah. Um, but she's had such a long sustained career and all she her has. music is about being a badass and not needing anyone and it just makes you feel so good listening to it. I could not it. handle it. <laughs> I was unable to handle not her message, but uh what was that? Like but the style of it made no sense to me. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know, it'd be like I don't remember there was what was that song that was like uh I can't even remember. It was like, you know What? It was like a Let's get it started, type of song. Oh yeah, um, it, <laughs> what is it? What is it? Let's get the party started. No, yeah, something or like that. I had to do with Mercedes. But, you know, like <laughs> yeah, like like let's get it ready. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> but the song was so weird to me, and I I couldn't really handle it. But I like Pink now. I mean, I, I think she has an interesting. You're right though, but that yeah. is. But those are the songs that I like. I like the songs that are like, like let's Fergie, do Fergie, like Milf Money. 
No. I, I will say, I only know, like, four people who do songs that I even bother listening so to. So, Sam Smith. I will say, there was a small period in my life, Taylor 2008 Swift. to 2011, mm-hmm. before I had discovered comedy, but after I'd left home and I'd gone to university, mm-hmm. that I was really into music because my best friend was really into music, so she would send a lot of music to me. And at that time, I consumed a lot of indie pop. The shins folk type music. The shins. Yes. The Vander Bernard Heart. I've and a lot of Canadian bands. The const- like a lot of the um Baja Bulat. Like a lot of the um like Said the Whale. Uh like Hey Ocean. Like the like Grime. Dolphin Friend. These are all water bands, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fish sticks. <laughs> Um, but I, but I was really, Cloud into the, precipitation. I was very into the indie music for a while. I really like uh, Kyla Riley, Rilo Kylie, Rilo Kylie. Listen, yes. literally. Jenny Lewis, I, right? Yes. Yeah. I literally don't know anymore, but all of my music that is in my phone is from that like four year chunk. Yeah. And everything else is just like Taylor Swift. <laughs> I was always Mr. Esoteric. I was like, oh, I like Riot Girl and, uh, you know, uh, rap. 90s oh. rap. And, uh, I feel like I would like to get into rap, but it's just too late now. I've like lost that. I've missed that trend. What about um, Lizzo? I don't know what that is. Well, look up Lizzo and you'll <laughs> see if you like it. Okay. Um, okay, more stuff. I liked Eminem. <laughs> I liked Eminem. I feel yeah. like everyone likes Eminem. No, they hate him now. Really? Well, he's like 44 and he's still going like, I'll take Justin Bieber and I'll put him in a box. Where he's like, he's like, you're gay. You're so gay. (laughs) You know, and it's like, you're 44. You've met so many gay people. Didn't he, I really don't keep up with this, but didn't he do an impromptu rap about Trump inside a parking lot? Yeah, I don't think it was that impromptu, but. Oh, it it wasn't? No, but it was like him. I thought that was cool because you know, Slim Shady is going to have some of those Trump fans uh, who like him. and, And I think it was like a line in the sand. So I always appreciate that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I, I liked his newest record a little, you know, and uh, I, didn't, I didn't even know he had one. Yeah, but. he put out an album that was uh, like his like lean and mean return to, you know, like his old style, you know, because he had a few years where Yikes. it'd all be like those sort of, you know, because I like the way it hurts. <laughs> you know those songs? Um, before we move on, though, I just want to say. Uh, I studied a lot of these operas in music history as part of my piano education. Do you want to talk about one of them? No. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember I studied Carmen a lot. The abduction from the Seraglio? And I've also... La Clemenza di Tito? I've, I've studied The Marriage of Figaro. You got Aida over there by Verdi? I've, I've played... Puccini? I've Tosca. played Verdi. I've played... Puccini? Are those singers putting it on a little bit? Which singers? Opera singers. I know some opera singers. <laughs> Is Do it you like know an affectation? Singers? No, they, I don't think they I know sing so loud naturally. It's baffling to me, especially when you meet thin opera singers. You're right. like, where do you hide it? Where's it coming from? Yeah. And then they go, well, look at my butt. I got a giant butt. <laughs> it's all coming from the butt. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so Janine Roth breaking free from emotional eating. Whoa. Found this in the collection. Thought you might be interested. 
No shade. Did we talk no about shade. intuitive eating? Because I'm on a whole intuitive eating kick Intuitive right now. eating. What yeah. is intuitive eating? Intuitive eating is, it seems wildly simple, but it's very difficult to actually do. It just means you listen to your own body and you eat when you want to eat and you stop eating when you stop want you don't want to eat anymore and you eat what you are craving. I, that's, I think that's what I do. I think everyone thinks that that's what they do, but it's not. Like, it's it breaks you away from, like, poor eating patterns, like binge eating and things like that. Yeah. But, like, it's actually incredibly difficult, and I've been practicing it a lot recently. Mm. I read a book over the Christmas break, and since then I've been trying to practice it, and I'm not perfect at it at yeah. all. But sometimes I just think I, I feel hungry, and mm. then I sit down. Like, I physically sit down, and I think, am I hungry or am I thirsty? Am I hungry or am I yeah. sad? Yeah, that's, that's... Am I hungry or am I bored? This is the kind of thing I do uh, know is a, a big part of e- emotional eating where you go, do I really want to do this? Like, you just need to sit down and yeah. say, is this what I want or is it something else? Yes. So that's... I do agree with that. I, I, I try to do that, but I'm not good at it because the discomfort yes. that I often feel yes. uh, just makes me go, ah... Yes. I'll take this. Yes, yes, you know, yes. And then yes. I feel better. Yes. Because of the sweet yes, yes, yes. treats. But I think, so the, a part of the book, so the book I read was, um, it was actually not about eating. It was about uh, quitting smoking. Mm-hmm. It's Alan Carr's, yes. like, whatever, really yes. easy way to quit smoking. Like but a bunch you were of not reading, reading it for no, smoking. No, because I don't smoke. But actually, he also wrote another one that was about eating that I also read after. Mm-hmm. But in the first one, there was just, like, a piece of the smoking book that I found was so interesting and like clicked in my head for me Mm -hmm. was that he said that smoking doesn't make you feel better he says that uh nicotine addiction is obviously real but it's so minor compared to the impulse that you feel the habit and he says that what it is is that because you've psychologically made the link between feeling better and having a cigarette Mm -hmm. that that impulse magnifies and the more you deny it the more it becomes a bigger thing but the more you realize that smoking a cigarette won't make you feel better, yeah. then it'll take a lot of the pressure off of it. What's making you feel better is something in between you smoking the cigarette and uh, feeling anxious. It's actually the act of doing anything to allay the anxiety. Wow. But it's... Uh, yeah, yeah. You know? but kind of. And also, you know what? And also with the intuitive eating, it's about like understanding what you crave because... Mm, the, the But see, the craving of... So sometimes I sit down and like this Kelly. morning... Oh, so, okay, so this week I've been emptying out my fridge because I'm going on tour soon. Uh, so I haven't been letting myself eat out and I'm just eating, like, whatever is left in my house. And so I ran out of meat a couple of days ago, so I've been mm-hmm. going vegetarian out of necessity. Good. And, yeah, and that's fine, but I crave meat all the time. And I have to sit down with myself and think, why do I crave meat? Do I crave because it's salty? Because then we can fix that. Or do I crave that it's, uh, like, fatty? Because we can fix that. Or there's... Or is it shoes in a certain way? Yes, like you have to break Grisly. down. You have to break down exactly what it is that you crave, and then you can you can satisfy it. You know what I mean? It's like a very complicated time. But, so if process. I want something salty, I just pour some salt on my hand and lick my hand. But sometimes no tequila, just that but there's part. sometimes there's reasons for it. Like if you crave something salty, maybe you're missing electrolytes and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like it has a whole thing behind it, and it takes a lot of thinking to rewire your brain to crave to like reach for the correct foods corresponding to the right feeling. Yeah. I mean, I just want to kind of think about, you know, oh, my plate is very colorful with fruits 
and vegetables. You know, they say that you should have a nice yeah. multicolored plate. Yeah. That's what I like. I make a big bowl of fruit every morning. You do? Yeah. I'm too poor to afford fruits now. Um, you know what I'm so into? And I would love to talk about this on your podcast because I have nowhere, no other forum to discuss, discuss this. I am such a fan of frozen vegetables. Okay. I'm so 100% on the frozen vegetable train, and I don't understand. I didn't really get into it until maybe a year or but so ago. what kind of frozen vegetables are you talking oh about? Oh, my God. Just any of them. I don't understand why everyone... Why Why are people even buying fresh vegetables? It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, fruit is kind of the same, too, right? Like, I often get frozen organic raspberries or something. Get your berries frozen. I mean, you unless... You don't have to. But be, first of all, there's... <laughs> you don't have to do that. Why do people have to do this? (laughs) They're so much cheaper. Like, not a little bit cheaper. The difference between fresh vegetables and fruit versus frozen is like... No, you gotta... Wild. You gotta go to the right fruit markets. You gotta go to the right fruit markets. And also, like, it doesn't keep... And, like, what you're paying for... Listen, I'm an economist. What you're paying for in terms of fresh fruits and vegetables is the transportation cost. Because they don't grow in Canada. So you're paying for that truck to get from Mexico all the way to Canada with enough time for you to still eat it within that week. Pretty that's, cool. And, like, of the how they preserve it and refrigerate Love it and it. whatever. But, like, that's most of the price of what you're paying for. Whereas if you... If you let them freeze it, which apparently I've read studies on this doesn't strip away that much nutritional content. That. Yeah. Then the, it's packed more easily. It's cut up for you. You don't have to <laughs> do the thing. And then they can jam it into a giant frozen truck and it can take weeks and weeks and months and months and it won't go bad. And the price drops dramatically. But what about a salad? <laughs> no one likes salad. You should be stir frying all your vegetables anyway. That's how they're the tastiest. Or you can oven, <laughs> oven fry them. I just like speaking of removing the uh, nutrients. This is all. All I think about now is how much I love frozen broccoli. I used to dick around with fresh broccoli like an asshole, and you can just get it. How did you make the phrase "dick around" sound so <laughs> weird? <laughs> it, it was both like very not dirty and somehow like pornographic. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the throes of my passion. But also it sounded like you're bullying the, the broccoli. <laughs> Listen, I was eating fresh broccoli like an idiot. You can just buy it in a giant two kilo bag for like 11 bucks. It'll last you at least three months. Unless you're, you're getting organic, right? Maybe. I don't even know. I just get the I just get the bag that's at the grocery store. I'm telling you, you got to get some fresh food. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I buy fresh like um fruit uh fruits and vegetables that i eat just like as is like a grapefruit sure like oranges apples grapefruit i don't really eat that many grapefruits papaya who's eating po i'm not the queen you think i just like have money for papaya and then like your tomatoes Mm. and like cucumbers Mm -hmm. like that stuff obviously don't buy that frozen because you know frozen cukes Makes right? me puke. And then I also like to buy a bag of spinach. I've been real into it. Frozen? No. Mm, yes. Actually, I didn't know you could get frozen spinach. Oh my god, you can freeze everything. We've got frozen spinach downstairs. In the I fridge. buy um I buy a bag of spinach and then I throw it into any stir fry. It's good for you. It's really good. And I like buying and now I've been getting into cans. I do think that this is a result of me being 
poor since I quit my job. Yeah. <laughs> and like downgrading my food options. Uh-huh. But I do, I like can I like canned pineapple. Oh, yeah, it's delicious. Especially the pineapple tidbits. I am a big fan of how all these packaged foods, they've cut them up. Yeah, you, you like that it's all chopped up. I really enjoy that aspect. You don't like cutting. No. Is that because of uh, like you where you're going to cut your finger? No, it's just it creates more dishes. You don't like dishes. And it's like a whole thing. Like by the time you've done it, you're like, oh, and then I got to cook it. But I feel so accomplished by the end of my bowl. You know, I'm <laughs> telling you, preparing the bowl. You know, like I'm serious. I'm grating ginger on this stuff. You know, there's I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, there's yogurt. Do you think it tastes better because oh, you it? Oh, it tastes so good. Right? Because you know what I do? I do meal prep now where I make it the night oh, before. Yeah. So you got this thing in the fridge. I've got a frozen mushed up bananas. This is like a big problem with me is like eventually <laughs> what entertains me is listing food and nobody else likes that, it turns out. On this you, podcast? On this, well, just in real life. Like if I were oh, at an okay. award show and I ran into you, we'd be I'd be telling you what I ate before going to the award show. Okay. But... The other thing I was going to say was... Uh, have you read this book, by the way? No, this is, I think, someone else in the You haven't even read it? It's from the, someone else in the families. Wait, what is this? This is an end to the anguish of emotional eating. I also, I didn't think this is a very interesting way to spell Janine. I yes. I wouldn't even have immediately understood that it was pronounced Janine. G-E-N-E-E-N Roth. Janine Roth. How to Break Away from Emotional Eating. Author of number one New York Times bestseller, Women, Food, and God. I want to know all about that, but I've read this next Previously book. published as Breaking Free from Compulsive Eating. wonder why. Can I have this book? I mean, you can borrow it, I guess. It's my sister's. It. Oh, and there's a card from the Big Carrot in it. Yeah, well, that's probably like my the, mom's. I like the Big Carrot. Um, so this is something I have read. It's uh, Edgar Allan Poe. It's Edgar Allan Poe, The Fall of the House of Usher and Other Tales, with a new introduction by Stephen Marlowe. Who's Stephen Marlowe? I don't know, probably an author, <clears throat> I'm assuming, or a historian who likes Edgar Allan Poe. I think I've only read The Thing About the Crow. The Raven. The Raven, I'm sorry. So it's like this. The second attempt met with even worse success, for he remained so long underwater without giving the signal that, becoming alarmed for his safety, we drew him out without it, and found that he was almost at the last gasp, having, as he said, repeatedly jerked at the rope without our feeling it. This was probably owing to a portion of it having become entangled in the balustrade at the foot of the ladder. This is boring. Do you read? Do you like to read? I do like to read. Do you like to read scary stories? You know what? Uh, in recent years, I've like kind of gone away from reading fiction. I've been reading mostly nonfiction. Yeah, And too. I think that your brain kind of... Nonfiction doesn't have that like literary style to get used no, to. No, you know? it's often not. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. fiction is always a, like about the voice of the writer. Yeah, uh, providing perspective, right. providing everything, which yeah. is some nonfiction, but not a Most lot. Most nonfiction it. is you're getting the information. Yeah, I mean, it's still filtered through that, but yeah. there's a lot of intent on making it as yeah. cut and dry as possible and uh, yeah. informative. And I've now found that I'm less like versatile. Sorry. Less versatile. Well, like, it, it takes me longer to readjust to that narrative style if I read, like, a fiction book. I'm quite ready. I'm quite ready to read fiction, but I don't know the right one. But this is a book I'm reading right now. It's called Utopia for Realists by Rutger Bregman. He's a uh, historian who speaks a lot about economics. He does. Yeah. The 15-hour work week. He's Dutch. 
Hey, this looks like a thing that talks about free markets. It talks about universal basic income. Actually, that seems to be the main thing, is that his utopia has to do with a universal basic income. Cool. And, uh, you know, if you just give uh, the poor people who don't have money money, that it will improve society. That's the uh, long and short of it. Right. He went to this Davos convention and he insulted, uh, or he, he said that we're not talking about tax avoidance and... But this went is, on Tucker Carlson and he made Tucker Carlson mad. But this is what I think is like really difficult for me personally because I do have an economics education. Yes. But that while I am liberal and I do believe in, you know, universal basic income and all that stuff, like mm -hmm. the issues are so complex. Like you absolutely can't just be giving people money because then it skews the whole incentive system of how capitalism works. So like there's good reason for it not working. But apparently, he says that the studies of it have made, have worked. But it depends entirely on context, right? Like socialism works in, for example, the Scandinavian countries because of the way that their population is structured versus uh, like the resources available. Like those are very small populations with very monolithic groups. And often and, a lot of resources. Oh, extreme, like tons yeah. of resources since they struck oil. And especially in a society that's very like, pretty enclosed it doesn't have like culturally they're not they're you know what i mean like there's, there's a, lot a singular of behavior that you can expect from the populace and i also think that you know that that whole especially that area of europe isn't isn't as fixated on like production and and, and capitalism and you know growth in the way that corporate america is like there's just different systems that'll work for different people and historically they've gone through other types of systems i mean I think that it's uh, probably a sim uh, you know a, a simplistic ish view. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that uh, this is something I wonder a lot about America. How can you even go back? You know, they're yeah. so far now into this whole thing that you know it's it, it's like the idea of employing. First of all, the idea of employing universal basic inc income in a place the size of America or China or India seems very difficult to employ you know because it's just so many people you know i actually think it's easier because of the way that those like political systems are, are put in place whereas i think in america there's a more like psychological barrier against it well i do think that america is all about psychological barriers because the gun thing is the best example yeah. of it to me uh but actually there's many equal uh um Examples. I mean, it's weird. It, it's it's a country that has a lot of uh, identity is wrapped up in yeah. in uh, attributes. I can't really explain yes. it. Like uh, individual, the individual, yeah. um, the ability to succeed. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, but that's what it is about the American dream: is you can come with nothing, and as long as you work hard and you put in whatever, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. But what they're saying is that doesn't actually exist anymore. Of course, but I also think, which is sad, but is, I think, true is that most change just comes from the turnover of people who had old beliefs dying out. <laughs> like, is really how change. But what we're seeing now are young people who have sort of a new version of old yes. beliefs. So in that you have like that sort of young alt-right kind of thing, mm -hmm. you have young libertarians, you know, at the exact same time that you have you know, this like socialist wave, uh, neo-socialist, whatever you want to call it in the U S 
Uh, did you know that we were going to get into the... Uh, yeah, I was like, wow. PBS. This, PBS this, morning hit, hour. Yeah, you stuff. hit that at the end of the... <laughs> nestled into the end of that podcast. Uh, that, that, you know, um, people who... The libertarian thing is... The young libertarian thing has an element, uh, a strength uh, in numbers that the young socialist movement does also to whatever extent which i can't really tell i think that's true but i also think that like fringe groups can never be squashed out like there has to be people to speak for every kind of viewpoint yeah because they will apply to someone in a minority but you have to look at where the sweeping majorities are and as it is right now of the younger generations that is far more left than of the older generation so you think that basically that do you think that the environment is going to be this major issue with younger people like maybe the issue i don't know because I also that's think... what people say they say that oh well you know it's the young people who are gonna push for this green new deal who are gonna try to do all this stuff well i think there's like two different things like i think one it's true that you know wherever you are situated in time you carry a lot of your beliefs with you but i also do think that as you grow older your situation changes typically as you grow older you get richer and as you get richer you get more conservative because conservative views tend to protect rich people like it just all makes sense anyway mm -hmm. so i wouldn't say that there's no space for the young people now that are concerned about the economy to grow old or about the environment to grow old and have that become less of a priority like that also seems like a natural well especially if it's like 30 years from now and yeah. like oh well the environment isn't as bad as we thought you know right. which is what a lot of people are reacting to 30 years later but after I heard this thing acid rain was a whole thing 30 years ago when I was young everybody was talking about acid rain <laughs> yeah that's true the ozone layers don't use aerosols I heard this thing fully unfounded but it, it really smacked me in the face about it mm -hmm. uh, someone told me that climate change was going to end the world in 12 years yeah but 12? I think what they meant was um like uh you know the uh that's so few years that in 12 years the end of the world will begin <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> oh like it'll be too late to reverse it. yeah something like that i don't think they meant you know like it'll be lights like, out yeah it's just gonna be like well i was thinking i'm the rapture living, i was thinking i'm living my life all wrong if i've only got 12 years left if i've got 12 years like i shouldn't be wasting my time dating <laughs> no you shouldn't you should just be going to that swinger club yeah well I if just, you want listen if i only had 12 years left this is the thing right is that with the adult lifespan is that you have to plan your financial situation for an average lifespan of 80 to 90 years Yeah, my mom is telling me this stuff which is which like actually affects the way that you can live your day-to-day -day life because you're trying to ration for that long period but if you know you're dying in 10 years then you make very different financial decisions. You can live a very different lifestyle. So what would you do? Let's say someone's like, Cassie, you're going to die in five years. What's the first thing you eat? <laughs> the first thing I eat? Yeah. No, the first thing I would do is I would uh, leave Canada. Where would you go? I would go to the Europe. The Europe? <laughs> the Europe. <laughs> I was going to say the UK, but then I was like, I don't want to live it. So where are you going? Prague? Well, I would start in the UK. Okay. And you're like, hello. How's it going? <laughs> well, the, I think of it more. Would you do comedy? I would. This is the thing. Because a lot of but my... But it would be dark. My comedy's already a little dark. A little bit, but you know, now like you'd be dark, like... Dark, I would... The knowledge of death. You'd be like... You're right. You'd be like, you know who don't fear the Reaper? You know what, though? <laughs> I think that if it was... 
I don't know if it's just me dying in five years or if everyone's dying in five years, but if everyone's dying in five years, then you're going to see the resurgence of like really light, silly comedy. Because <laughs> I think art always goes like opposite to what the. I like this is. idea where the world is going to end in five <laughs> years. So suddenly we hit this like world peace because everyone's just like, oh, we're going to die anyway. I kind of think so. I really think so. Do you think it would be? Uh, we would be like, let's stop fighting. Let's would all people travel. get divorced? Yes. In those five years, oh would you even God. need to? Why not just not divorce? And live <laughs> in sin, you know. I I don't think so. I think that if you don't well, have time to get divorced, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I just think you would just like people would just leave their husbands. Like it just wouldn't be a thing. their husband. What about the wives? <laughs> sure. No one's leaving their wife. Sure. Wives sure, are not a good bowl of cherries. Sure, they can leave their wives too. I just think that like everybody would be like, forget it. I don't understand why we spent so much time trying to make monogamy work. Like, let's just get out there. We've got five years left to go see what's going on in Egypt. And- Do you think polyamory uh, is ever going to catch on as a policy, like a as a, as a government policy? As a- policy yeah it'll be instead of getting married it's like if you're monogamous people will come and find you <laughs> let's say okay so instead of f mary kill we got to do just pri- okay. primary secondary tertiary oh <laughs> okay okay so um oh this is great i never yeah. think it uh, for the record i'm very on board with monogamy so i've okay. like never really thought so in this dimension so we've okay. got uh number does tertiary just mean like third yeah, but just like least important. I suppose uh, there's some element of that to this. I don't really know the polyamorous uh, rules that okay. well. Okay, okay. But I think it's like you have your, your main partner. Yeah. You have your secondary partner. Yeah. And your third partner, all of whom know about the other. Yeah. Um, but the second one and the third one especially have less, there's less of an emotional Oh, I see. Okay. I believe. I may okay, be completely okay, okay. wrong. If you're okay, 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 okay. if you're a polyamorous person, please write me. So it's kind Weekly of like... podcast at gmail.com. And while you're at it, join the Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan. Lots of extras. Are there? No. <laughs> yes, there are. I posted a song and some stand-up. Wow. Yeah. Great. Yep. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, who are the, who are the people? Okay, it's Waldo from Where's Waddle? Waldo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In the yes. in the outfit. Yes, okay. Blue pants, okay. striped shirt, yes. hat. Cute. Yeah. I like it. Okay, so that's one. Tintin. Ooh, very cute. <laughs> yes, okay. Salem from Sabrina the <laughs> Witch. Talking cat. Oh, no. This is such a difficult choice. Yeah. These are good options. Thank you. I went... Okay, went there. even though I really respect Tintin, I think he's very cute. His little, like, little yeah, flippy hair is really sweet. Mm-hmm. And he's got the cutest dog. And Belgian. He, and he has a very cool career. Yeah. I just think he would be too busy to have, like, a really deep emotional yeah. relationship He'd with. He'd be like, I have to go to Qatar. Right. I have to sail the Black Sea. Yeah, and you're yeah. going to be like, I thought we had a wedding to go to. He's and like, he's going to be like, duty Professor calls. Calculus has been kidnapped again. Right, so I think he would be tertiary. Even okay, so though, he's third. But I think that makes sense because I, you're so, like, enthralled by him. So whenever he is available, you're like, yeah, let's totally meet. Right, yeah. 
Uh, but then if he's busy, you're like, okay, well, I can't depend on you if you're going to just like peace out for four months. Totally. Time, yeah. Right? yeah. And also getting into dangerous situations. It, like if he dies any moment, you can't be like, but we have children. You know, you right. can't do that. Yeah. I can't really picture him as a father. Right. It's hard. Right. Yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> so, okay. I think Waldo seems yeah. very sweet. He seems a little boring, though. He doesn't seem like he has a lot of personality. <laughs> he also travels a lot. He does. And also, here's the thing is, you can't find him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's tough to find, so he's not the most reliable. He'll be like, meet me at the sports arena. I'll right. be in the crowd. <laughs> right? I'll be somewhere in the crowd. Find me, and then we'll meet. Yeah, so I do also think there's like a reliability issue. I'm on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I also think he's only got that one outfit, which is not very conducive to most scenarios you would need to be in. Yeah, he's dressed for uh, the sea most of the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just to hop on, you know. Or, or Christmas. Christmas. I thought he was Christmas themed the for sea, a long time. You know, uh, what else? Uh, like a submarine, you know. Yeah. I think of him like working yeah, yeah, on yeah. a submarine. Or like maybe on the Alps, like he has a very yeah. like swiss kind of energy yeah he kind of has a swiss thing maybe he runs a cabin with his right part, part, his primary as right. it sounds like you're the he'll be your secondary yeah i think we'll give him secondary because he does seem he seems really sweet but mm -hmm. he's like difficult to find right uh so then my primary would be with salem this is great because <laughs> i already my primary relationship in my life is with my cat anyway and uh he would always be in my house. You'd never have to look for him. Mm -hmm. Doesn't really leave. Mm -hmm. And he's so, like, funny and snarky. Mm -hmm. And also, does he have magic? He does a little bit, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. He yeah. can do magic stuff. He's yeah. a talking cat. I think yeah. he's, he's actually, a, I believe, a wizard in the body yes, of a cat. Yes, he's punished. But I but that's why I forgot, like, does he know how to do magic or can he not? Because I think he's he a can. Cat. I thought he couldn't. Okay, well. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. But he could teach it to me, which would be fine. I'll check. Yes, let's check. Have you seen that new Netflix show, by the way? The Sabrina show? No, is it good? I don't know. I haven't watched it. But I want it to be good. I loved the Melissa Joan Hart. Um, Sabrina? I did, too. I had a big so crush good. on Melissa Joan Hart. And then and I loved Salem, mostly. Yes. And Caroline Ray, strangely. <laughs> like yeah. the ants. Yeah. But, uh, I liked the ants. I didn't know she was Canadian. Yes, yes. Canadian yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, then I felt like Melissa Joan Hart, she kind of, um, like, something happened where she didn't really live up to her earlier promise. And I, I just love... sort of colored the whole thing. Well, you like that movie with Benicio she was in? Excess Baggage? No, was... no, no. I don't, I don't know anything that <laughs> was she that, that was, I think, Alicia No, Silverstone. I was going to say, I loved Clarissa Explains It. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I didn't watch Clarissa, so but I thought it seemed cool. Yeah. You didn't? No. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. I loved it. Actually, uh, it has occurred to me since. So I don't know if you know this, but I named myself Cassandra uh, when I was oh. 12 years old. And it what has, was your name before? I mean, it was a, it was a long time secret. Oh, I've okay. erased Interesting. it from all of my official papers. Jeannie? <laughs> it was, it was, uh, what is it? It was Janine. 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 So you chose the name. But I have since considered I should have named myself Clarissa. How beautiful would that be? That's no, a great name. Yeah. I knew a couple. I knew a Carissa, actually. Oh. Salem Saberhagen is a fictional character <laughs> you looked it up. Okay. from the American Archie comic 
comic series Sabrina the How Teenage How much do you love Archie comics? Pretty good. They're so yeah. great. I read them a lot when I was a child. Yeah, me too. I have some... Uh, I read them before I learned English. Oh, that's cool. I, I had some uh, Christian, born-again Christian Archie comics. I'll show you them after. Whoa, okay. A former witch, Salem was sentenced by the witch's council to spend 100 years as a cat. Mm-hmm. as punishment for trying to take over the world. Mm-hmm. The sitcom establishes this time frame to be a century. Um... Magic is what we want to know. I think you should. Gender Googled. male. I think you should. I did Google. I did Google. Oh. See? Can Salem fun. cat do magic? Oh. <laughs> um, Thank you. I appreciate that. See, I can't really. Yeah, I can't tell. Cats are magic. Ask your, ask your listeners to. Please write us. weekly Gmail <laughs> co- weekly podcast at gmail.com with your answer about if Salem the Cat from yes. Sabrina is can do magic. Yes. Or tweet at me at Nick Flan Weekly or, or tweet, tweet at, at the Cassie Cow. Yeah. And uh, Cassie, I guess we have to go. Do we? Yeah, I think oh, so. No. But maybe we can talk more I'm about topical topics like together more. in the future. Yes, you can have more. Um, I would very much like that. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. Thank you for doing it. Is there anything you want to talk about? Um, Plug? I'm, I'm going on tour. Mm. I'm going on tour to Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver for the next month mm-hmm. because I'm a touring comedian. I'm a professional. Yes. So if you're in those cities, go to see Cassie. Link up if you're in me. those cities, link up. Link up with. So you go hang Ooh. out with people? Well, I'll just say hi at shows and stuff. And I made these really cute buttons. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I don't have one to show you right now. But they're really cute. And I'm probably going to bring them around and give them to people. Do you like buttons? I like my buttons. I like buttons, yes. I can give you some buttons. You have buttons? I've got some buttons. Of you? Kind of, yeah. Oh. I've got a button for you, for that. I've got a Laugh Sabbath button you can have. Got I want stuff. a Laugh Sabbath button. I didn't know there were Laugh Sabbath buttons. You can have it, yeah. I want. You can have one. Okay. Well, go see Cassie on tour. Follow her on Twitter. Tell her. Link up with her. Link up with her. So there you go. That's Cassie Cow. We just ended it pretty abruptly. That's how we do it here. Thank you for listening to Nick Flanagan Weekly. If you enjoyed it, hit up the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Nick Flanagan. Or honestly, just subscribe, rate it, review it, get them numbers up. Tell Alexa. Oh, I want to hear, hey, Alexa, I want to hear Nick Flanagan Weekly. And then you'll hear it and you'll be like, wow, the show's so much better now than it used to be. Nowhere to go but up. And then I'll come hang out with you. Uh, That's one of the Patreon perks. It's not. But honestly, probably. Anyway, thank you for listening. We'll have another one this week. I think we're actually going to make this a two-interview week, but don't quote me on that. But you will definitely be hearing my... Sweet tones again. Thank you for listening. Today I'm grateful for cake, ice cream, and ducks. Peace.